this morning then, um, we're going to kick off this new year together and really just with a message that, and a word that, that I, I, God has just sort of put on my heart for today, and, and, and a word that I believe that uh, God has put on my heart for us as individuals and for us collectively as well. Um, and so I want to just share that with you and I want to see what the Lord has to do. I want to invite you, if you're able, to stand with me and I'm just going to pray for us. We're just going to invite the Lord to speak because, as we always say, that um, it's a whole lot better if you show up and God says something to you than I say something to you. Yeah? And so whatever I have to say, I mean, I, guys, I, I, might be, I might be able to say something good, Okay? Uh, but whatever God has to say is going to be a whole lot better. And so we just want to invite the Lord to speak. And, and, and I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to invite the Lord to minister. And I'm going to invite you to just ask the Lord to speak to you this morning. So God, we just come before you in the name of your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this new year. We thank you for this new opportunity. Uh, God, we thank you for all that lies before us. God, we thank you that you're in this day with us and, and in this year with us. And God, that your plan for us is good and your love for us is true. And, and God, that we can trust you. And God, I thank you that this morning, that even as we're gathered here now, Lord, that you're here with us. Um, God, that, that you love to speak, you love to minister. God, you love to reveal yourself to us. God, you gave us your word so that we would know you, so that we could hear you speak to us. And so, Lord, we just welcome you this morning, God. We just welcome you here. God, we invite you to speak. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you would speak and minister to every single heart this morning, God, that every set of ears in this room would be open to hear your voice today. And wherever you are this morning, I just ask you to invite you to just invite the Lord. Just tell God, God, I want to hear from you today. Father, I want to hear you speak to me today. God, would you speak to my heart? Lord, I want to hear from you. And just tell him, God, I want to hear from you. Father, you're good all the time. God, your word to us is good and it's for our good. And Lord, I pray and ask this morning that you would just speak. God, that we would listen God, that you would transform and change our hearts by your word. God, that you would make us more like you. God, thank you that, that today isn't a mistake, it's not an accident, it's not a coincidence that we're here, but God, you planned even before this day ever came and we ever existed that we would be here right now, God, in this time and in this moment to hear something from you for our life. God, may we receive that today. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we bless you. God, thanks for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You can have a seat. I want to start this morning with the obvious, and that is speaking to you about why I'm so dressed up. Because everybody's like, that's a baby dedication today. Because if you know me, generally speaking... If I'm dressed up, that means it's Christmas, it's Easter, or we're dedicating some babies to the Lord, right? And so everybody's like, well, it's not Christmas. So I, so I, I don't know how many people, but everybody's like, oh, ba baby dedication Sunday? Ba baby dedication Sunday? I'm like, no, man, it's not baby dedication Sunday, right? So, but you all thought that when I came out, right? You're like, oh, here comes the baby dedications, right? Waiting, waiting to find out who it is. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm dressed up today because... You tend to dress up when you go to funerals, and 2018 tried to kill me. Anybody else feel like that? Did anybody else feel like you didn't run into this new year, but you sort of limped into this year? You kind of crawled into this new year, right? Like, like, like you... You, it was a heavy year, right? You, you, it hurt a little bit. You took some shots, and the wounds are still a little bit fresh. Anybody sort of feeling that today? Okay, I, I, I'll be straight with all of you. 2018 might have been the hardest year of my life. Might have been. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't weighed it all out yet. But, but, but it, yeah, it, was, it, it, it certainly still was one of, if not the hardest year of my life. It was one of those years that just felt like I was kind of taking hits on every side, you know, it, it, in all kinds of ways. It, and the truth of it is that some of it was my own doing. You know, how, how many of you guys know that it's not always the devil, right? Sometimes it's just you, right? 
If you don't, now you know, and you're welcome. <clears throat> but, 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 but if we're honest this morning, right, how, can anybody admit that like some stuff that happened last year was your doing? Like some, some of the mess you were in was your mess that you caused and you did? Okay. It, it, it was a hard year last year. It, it was a hard year physically. It was a hard year emotionally. It, it was a hard year spiritually. It was a hard year relationally. It was a hard year at my house. It was a hard year in my home and with family and relationships and all kinds. It was a hard year in here. It was a hard year in ministry. It, it, was, it was a hard year uh, just showing up every day. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you. There were days that throughout this last year that it was like, man, I just... do. Is this, is this what I need to keep doing? Is, is this for me to keep laboring in? Is it, maybe, maybe it's time for me to move on. Maybe it's time for something else for me. Maybe it's time, I, like I had that thought, and, and you know, like where it's like, maybe it's time for me to quit and go to, and, and be about something else. I can't do it all. So, so, so I'm wearing a representation of, of, of Funeral clothes this morning because last year tried to kill me, right? But 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 I'm still here, you know. And anybody else like you're like man, it tried to kill me, but I'm still here, yeah. I feel like 2018 for for many of us was like the year we survived. And, and so I'm praying about this, and, and I'm saying like God, what was that all about, you know? Like, like, what's up with last year? Like, what's up with all that mess, right? What's up with all that hardship? What's up with all that? I, I just want to ball up last year, right? I just want to put it all together in like a big ball and just kick it, you know, and, and just toss it, right? I, I want to just close that chapter and act like it never happened. But, but, but the truth is, and that God was showing me, is that, that it was necessary. That, that, that. The truth is, is that, that God was at work this past year. And, and, and that this last year was, was a year of both exposure and establishment. That, that this last year was a year of pain and of process and of preparation. That, that there was a year of, of some sudden goodbyes and some welcomed hellos. But in all of it, there were things that God was working on and there were some things that he was working out. Are you with me? See, see I'm, I'm telling you all of this today because, because I know I'm not the only one, right? I, I know that I'm not the only one who, who didn't felt like at times that, that maybe you were just getting worked over. But, but what the Lord was saying is you weren't getting worked over, you were getting worked on. And God wasn't surprised by anything that happened. And see, what the enemy would, would love to do is to convince you as you start a new year that, that God was not with you, that God was not for you, that it just have you moping and complaining and, and defeated and depressed and discouraged, and, and it's because he wants to destroy you in your life, and so he tried to kill you, he tried to come against you in all different kinds of ways, but you're still here by the grace of God because God's got you and he's been with you through all of it. One of the things that I love about the new year is that the hope that sort of seems to come with it. It's kind of an amazing thing, right? Because there's nothing magical that happens from 11.59 on December 31st, right, to, to January 1st at midnight. Like, like, it's not like the heavens don't open up and like there's not like the, the pumpkin doesn't turn into a carriage, right? Like all, it's just not this magical kind of moment, but, but yet New Year comes and, and with it sort of comes this, this, this um, feeling, this expectation of, of, of new, this expectation for change, this, this, expect, this belief that like it can be different, this, this hope for what could happen, for transformation, that this new season can come, a hope for breakthrough for our lives. And so it tends to cause us to look forward, which is a good thing. It's really hard to look forward into the future God has when you're busy staring at your past, you know? Anybody experienced that before? Uh, if, if you're busy staring at your past, you're going to bump into a lot of stuff. 
Our, our past is meant to be something that we look at, but we don't look to. Right? It's meant to be something that can help bring understanding to our life, but is never meant to be something to define our life. That's God's job. What I want to say to you this morning is that the same God who has more for you in 2019 is the same God who was with you in every step of 2018. Is the same God who got you to 2019. Is, is the same God who saw you through. And you might have limped through 2018, but God still got you. And it would be a miss for us to just start off this new year running after what we believe or hope that God will do next without first stopping to remember and give thanks to him for what he's done. Sometimes in our walk with God, our life in God, it, it kind of looks like that kid at Christmas who has a bunch of presents and just rips through every single one, you know, without ever stopping along the way to say thank you for the one he just had. We, we, we can in our spiritual life sort of have this spiritual amnesia where we forget about the things that God has done. We forget about the things that God has spoken, the ways that God has revealed himself to us and how he has moved in our lives. Uh, this is one of the reasons that one of the common calls of God to his people throughout Scripture is, is a call to remember. All throughout Scripture as God moves his people, all throughout Scripture as, as God works in the lives of his people, all the way in the Old Testament through the New, that, that there's this call to remember him. There's this call to remember his work. I mean, that's why we as believers today, it's why we celebrate communion because Jesus already set it up in advance and he says, hey, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I want you to do this to remember what I have done. There are things that God has planted within our life and in our rhythms of, of faith to cause us to remember him. Far too often in our lives, we tend to remember the things we're meant to forget and forget the things we're meant to remember. Yeah? And in our fast-paced culture, that's sort of always flooding us with a million things that are happening right now and always inviting us into the next best thing. We often miss out on this simple and vital practice of simply stopping to remember. God invites us to remember his faithfulness to us. And he invites us to remember it so that by that, it will build up faith in us for what is to come. God invites us to remember his goodness and his work in us so that it inspires faith in us for what lies before us. And so here's what I want to do this morning as we start. Is I want to do three things together right now and today to help us work against our own spiritual amnesia and help set us rightly to start off this new year and and, and the first thing is that this is a time, a time, just give us a time to reflect, but there's three parts of this. And, and the first part, if you have your notes, you can write this down. Everybody should have got notes when you walked in and you should have got a pen. And it's because I'm set on you writing stuff down. Okay? Like I'm committed to you leaving here with something. So uh, you should have a pen. You should have notes. If you have your notes, this is the first thing. But it's not just for the sake of notes. It's for what I want to do uh, beyond that. But... Um, if you have your notes, the first answer is think. How, 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 do we, how do we reflect on, how do we remember what God has done when we think about it? Right? We set our minds to it. King David said in the Psalms, in Psalm 77, 10 through 12, he says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Psalm 143, verse 5 says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I, I, want, I think we would be missed in this new year if we didn't first stop to consider and think about the ways that God moved in our life this past year. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to close your eyes with me. Wherever you are, just close your eyes. And, and, and I want you to just think about 2018. I, I want you to think about God's work in your life this past year. 
I, I want you to think about how God was faithful to you this past year. I, I want you to think about how God moved in your life. I want you to think about how, how, how did he provide for you? How, how did he protect you this past year? How was he present with you in 2018? Where do you, where do you look back on this last year and see God showing up in your life? Where you were like, wow, yeah, God, you were there. Where's even a place this past year that hurt, that, 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 that was hard, that, that, that was difficult, where, where maybe even in that moment you felt sort of abandoned or alone or questioning that, that God wants you to see today that he was right there with you. Where are the places he comforted you? I want you just to think about what God was doing this past year. How did he show up? And the reason that you have that pen is not so you can take my notes, but so that you can take your notes. And as God starts to reveal some things to you, as you start to, to see some things, write, start writing those things down. So start making a note as to a moment or a time or a season, a word that God spoke to you this past year, a time where God proved faithful, a time where he showed up, a time where he provided where you didn't think there was a way. time when he just ministered to you where you just know like man God you were just so present with me maybe it was a time that he used your life this past year to minister to somebody else maybe it was just a moment you shared with somebody you're like man God you were there I didn't I showed up I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to say and Man, God, you just showed up. Take a minute and just put something down. Write that down for your sake. It's so easy to move on to the next thing. It's so easy to look in forward to that, that next move. God, what are you going to do next well, without realizing how good he's been? to the things that he's done. Hold on to the ways that he's moved. Hold on to the ways that he's been good. How has he been good to you? second way for us to reflect. First way is for us to think. The second way is for us to thank. That's the second. That's number two in your notes. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says to give thanks in everything. It says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It, it, it always strikes me as 
is amazing that for all the things we ask God about and, and all the times we come to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? That, that, that Thessalonians tells us like God's will for my life is that I'm thanking him all the time. Like, like if there's one thing that ought to be true of my life in my walk in the Lord, it's that thankfulness is the regular part of it, right? I, I think it's safe to say that, that God is probably the most taken advantage of person in the whole world, right? Because he gives more than anyone. I mean, every breath that we breathe is his grace, but he's probably thanked the least. In Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2, David writes, he says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you and sing the praises of your name, O Most High. In Psalm 92, verse 1, 3, it says, It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning, your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord, and I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Over and over again, when you read the Psalms, you'll read, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. One of the common calls of scripture to us is just to thank God. And it's not enough for us just to remember the things that he's done is just to look at the works of God in our life and go, thanks God, thanks for showing, or just, there it is, yeah, no, he did some stuff. It's like, no, thank you. God, thank you for that. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for your comfort. Thanks for your love. Thank you for, for, for all the ways that you're working. Thanks for what you did in that relationship. Thank you for what you did in my family. God, thank you. And just to get in this habit, this pattern, of thanking the Lord. And so here's, here's what we're going to do. I want to invite you to stand with me if you can. Uh, one of the ways that scripture says to, for us to thank God is to sing praise to God. So guess what we're going to do? We're, we're going to sing. We're going to sing a song of thanks to God. But, but I'm going to want to first just pray and, and then I want to invite you just to take a minute and thank God. Just start thanking Him for the things that you were thinking about. So God, thanks for this moment. God, thanks for being present. Thanks for all that you have done. God, I pray that you would stir in us hearts of gratitude this morning, hearts of thanksgiving. God, that we would just bring and sing praise to you, God, for your goodness. Praise to you, God, for your faithfulness. Praise to you, God, for all the ways that you have moved, for all the ways that you've loved us. God, for all the ways that you have proven yourself true. Would you just take a minute and just start thanking God from your heart? Like David said, God, I will give thanks with all my heart. I'll thank you, God. And just start thanking him for those things. Thank him for his blessings this past year. Thank him for his work in your life this past year. Thank you for the ways he was working on you, in you, through you. Just start giving God thanks this morning. And then we're going to respond with a song of thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, God's been faithful. Yeah? You can have a seat again. It's good to think on the goodness of God. It's good to thank God. Here's the third thing that I want to invite you to do this morning, and that's to tell. To think, to thank, and to tell. Okay? Uh, it, it's not only good for us to, to think about God and it's not only good for us just to thank God like to talk to him and say man God thank you for us it's also good and right for us to tell people about the goodness of God yeah to tell on God here's Psalm 77 David he says my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of your saving acts all day long though I know not how to relate them all I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation and your mighty acts to all who are to come. That's powerful, yeah? 
Psalm 145 says, I'll exalt you, my God and King. I'll praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. We are meant to be a people who tell on God. Yeah? We're meant to be a people who proclaim his goodness, who proclaim his faithfulness, right? To declare his work in our lives. Our testimony is not just about some stuff that happened to get us to a day of receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, right? Our salvation story is not our testimony. Our testimony is all the things that God's doing every day of our life. That's our witness. That's our testimony. And we're meant to proclaim his excellencies, what Scripture says to us, and so that other people can receive of God through our lives and our stories. And so here's what I want to invite you to do, if you'd be so bold and so courageous, is actually to take a moment today, this day, that January 6th, okay, we're already six days into the New Year's, to take this day to decide this day, I'm going to tell on God today. I'm going to proclaim the goodness of God in my life today. This is one of the ways that I actually think social media is good. Okay, like social media is garbage for a lot of stuff, but this is a great platform for it. So, so better than your selfie, your food pick, or political meme, right? Like, like something about what God has done in your life actually has the power, right, and the ability to influence people's lives and hearts and for the spirit to use to speak life and truth to other people. Right, like our testimony, there's power in our testimony. And, and, and so I want to, like, and if you're, if you're not, if you're like, man, well, I'm, I don't do social media, great. Call up somebody, talk to somebody, a neighbor. Choose today, though, to share with somebody, hey, I got to tell you something about something that happened last year. I got to tell you about a moment that God showed up. I got to tell you about a time where God just, man, God was just so good to me. I got to tell you about this miracle that happened. I got to tell you about this time God was faithful, about this time he provided, about this time he protected my life. Whatever it is, I'm going to tell on God. I'm going to tell somebody. I'm going to let my light shine, as scripture would say, before men. Right? I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to, I'm going to proclaim the goodness of God. I'm going to commend his works, David would say. I'm going to tell about him so that other people might know just how good he is. Would you do that? Would you do that? I mean, isn't it amazing all the stuff we talk about, but somehow our conversation about what God's doing doesn't get out there? That, that seems crazy, doesn't it? It's like, uh, man, I, it, it's why, like, sometimes... Uh, Social media just seems like noise, you know? Because it's just like all the same stuff. And it's like, man, if anybody looked at your life, would they be amazed at, that God's a part of it? Like, like, like if anybody just looked at the stuff you throw out there, would people be like, oh, wait, like you, you believe in God and he, he's active in your life? Or would they just, you know what I mean? Like we, we, ha we serve this amazing God who's at work all the time, but we don't tell on him. We don't talk about him. We don't proclaim him. We don't declare him. We're not sharing his story in our life. It would be a miss for us to run into this new year without first thinking on the goodness of God, without thanking God for what he's done, and without telling somebody about it. You guys with me? Everybody okay out there? Yeah? Okay. It's dark, so I can barely see you. So I'm, I hope you're still here. All right. Here, here's the last thing that I want to share. So, so that, that's, I wanted us to just take a minute to reflect and, and to thank God because I, that's so important for us. But, but I want to talk just for a minute about where I think God's moving us. About this year. About this season. And one of the things that most of you know that we as an elder team do at the end of pretty much every January is we go away for a weekend and we fast and we pray and we just seek the Lord and, and we ask God just to, to, to give us 
his revelation. We ask God just to speak. God, what's on your heart for this year? God, what do you have for us? Where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? What do you want, God? What, what, what's your vision for our church this year? What, and, and we just seek the Lord's face. And, and, and it's awesome. And I, I'd encourage you even now to start praying for us. We're going to go away in a couple weeks. And um, I, I'd encourage you and ask you just to pray for us. And, and if you feel like the Lord is speaking something to your heart, feel free to share that with us. I mean, I'd love to hear from you. So, I mean, if, you're, if you want to, well, how do I get a hold of you? Elders at Edge Aurora. You can email all of us. Uh, you, or you could say, hey, I got this word. Somebody call me. Whatever it is. Love to hear if you feel like God's really speaking something to your heart. Uh, but what's been interesting is, is kind of like last year, um, before we've even got there, um, feel like God's just been, been speaking and, and, and kind of just been, been burning this word. And actually for me, this past Sunday, a week ago, um, one of the things that I, that I typically do as I go into New Year's, I do kind of just ask the Lord, I think about last year and I pray into the coming year and, and I just say, God, what's on your heart? And I start to write some things down that I believe that God's speaking and, and I feel like is, God's just impressing upon my heart. And, and so I wrote some, some stuff down and, and one of the words that I wrote down, um, that I wrote into was this word reset. I just felt like this word from the Lord, this reset. And, and, and then I had a good brother. Uh, two days later, um, I get a text message. And he says, hey, the text message literally says, hey, I just want to talk to you. I feel like I've been praying and I keep hearing this word from the Lord. And he doesn't send me anything after that because I think he just wants me to call him and check it out. And, and so, but I, but I didn't because I was too busy. And so like two hours later, he sends it to me and I'll show it to you on my phone. And he just says, hey, I, keep, I just have this word reset, right? And I'm like, okay, you know, like that's interesting. And, and then if, if that wasn't uh, enough, um, uh, just a few days ago, uh, one of the pastors who, who uh, really encourages me and, and who I, I really like to listen to, uh, he preaches a message uh, a, a few days ago about 2019 and guess what his word was? Reset. I was like, whoa, get out of here, right? Like that, that's just, so so, so that's really as we enter into this 2019, that, that's kind of a theme that I think God is establishing, that I believe God is establishing for us in this year, is that, that 2019 is going to be a year of reset, okay? A, a year of, of reset. Now, I, I don't really play video games. I, I haven't since, um, since I was a kid, or at least not since college, so I don't really know what the video game systems are like today, uh, but, but I do know like Nintendo and stuff. Right? Like, I grew up on Atari and, like, Nintendo and Sega. You know, anybody else? Like, yeah, you're in a certain, that, 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 if you said yes, you're older than, you know, you're, like, over 40. But, like, no? No, you played Nintendo? Okay. All right. Never mind, then. You're young. Keep staying young, church. Keep staying young. Okay. But, but anyways, like, you remember these videos? Like, what I love about those systems, there's only two buttons on there. Right? Like, like when you play Nintendo, uh, there's just two buttons on there. Where, where's that Nintendo picture? Right? There's your Nintendo. Boom. There's only two. There's the power button and the reset button. Right? Like, now the power button's obvious. Right? The power button is when you no longer want to play. Right? The, the power button is there. It's like we're done. But the reset button. Right? Like, the reset button's beautiful because what would happen with the reset is you could be going along, you're doing a great game, right? You're killing it. You're winning best score, or better yet, you're playing against someone else who you're beating, but then they start winning, right? And, and then they start to beat your score, and you realize you're almost at the end, and so what do you do? Bam, reset, right? Beautiful. Right? Or maybe you're in a season and you don't want it to calculate. You realize it's the very end you're going to lose. Right? And, and so right before the clock strikes zero on the game or whatever, bam, reset. It's like that game never even happened. It's beautiful. If you've never played Nintendo, uh, that's what I would do all the time to win. Uh, but, but you hit that reset button, right? This... Anybody maybe feel like if you could hit a reset button from last year, anybody else, like you would hit a reset button and do it over? Like, like man, I wish there was a reset button for life, like a reset button for a season, a reset button for a year, and I would just hit that. Can we get a do-over on that? Can, can we start that again? That, that's, that one idea of a reset is, is to restart, right? 
But, 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 the, but, the, but another concept of a restart is like if you've ever had your phone and your phone is, is bogged down and your phone has all kinds of stuff and all kinds of problems and all kinds of glitches and you call uh, your phone provider, one of the things they might say to you is you need to do a factory reset. Anybody ever had that? I did that this week actually. Um, and, and so it's amazing, um, but you... But, you know, your phone's all messed up, and they say, hey, you should do this factory reset, and it pulls up, and you say, yes, factory reset, and what does it do? It, it, is that, that it starts your phone like it's new again, and so, so it gets rid of all the other stuff and takes you back to its basic function, right? So, so that the only thing that remains are the, the essential things, are the necessary things, and all the extra stuff all the stuff that just sort of bogs the phone down, the secondary things, they're all gone so that only the primary things remain. If you ever had a picture on your wall, right, that you walked past and it was out of sorts, it was all crooked, right, you needed to reset it. You needed, you needed to, to reposition it back to the place that it's meant to be. That, that, that's... That's what I believe God's speaking for this year. That's where I believe God's inviting us into is this reset, this repositioning. This, this, yeah, yeah, God's always doing new things. Yeah, yeah, God, God's always at, at work for the next and whatever, but, but there's this repositioning, there's this resetting, there's this reset of getting us back to the essential place. Back to, the, back to the most important place. Back, back to the, the, the essence of our faith and of our mission. Do you know what our, the essence of our faith and our mission is? It, it's the great commandment and the great commission. Right? It, it is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and to love each other. Right? Noel was speaking that this morning, right? That God, we would love one. Like, like that's the heart of God. That's the essence of our walk, of our faith in God, is to love him first and most and with everything, to love each other. And what's the great commission, right? To go and make disciples of every nation. The gospel is our mission. The truth about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for the salvation of the whole world. That's our mission. And all these other things can sometimes be add-ons that weigh us down and get us off course. A lot of times the add-ons, just kind of like on your phone, that's the funny thing about it is, is a lot of times those, app, those extra apps, they're not bad. I mean, that's why we put them on there. Like, they're good. They're fun. They're games. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got all those crazy games on your phone and extra apps and things that help you do stuff, and, right? Like, you can scan barcodes and you got a flashlight. You got a, I mean, you got all kinds of extras. Your phone can literally do everything. Right? You can shop with it. But, but at the end of the day, those applications are not the essentials. But what happens sometimes, and, and the reason, like, we, we can have so much extra stuff that, that, it, that, that it actually gets in the way of the, the primary things. It actually bogs us down from the primary things. And even crazier than that is that the secondary things become our primary things. And so God says, I'm going to reset you. I, I, we're going ha- to have a reset. I'm going to reposition you. I'm going to get us back to the essence, to the basics. That this is a year of, of reset, of getting back to what it's all about, to the essence of our faith and our mission. I just want to share a scripture with you. This is one that God just, I don't know, for whatever reason, um, as I prayed about this year and, and today, it was just the one that kept coming back to me, and so I just want to share it with you. And this is Psalm 1, uh, 1 verse 3. And it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. And that person, it says, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it says, whatever they do, they prosper. 
Whatever they do prospers. Now, I'm not going to talk to you a long time about this. This is a pretty deep passage, and there's a lot we could say, but, but, but a few things that I'll share about it that stood out to me is, one, that there is a blessed life for us to have in God. There is a life of blessed. There is a life that, that, that God says is a blessed life, okay? There, there, there's, 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 a, there's a life for us in God that we are actually meant to live. And, and I think the honest truth for all of us is that we want a blessed life. Like, I've never met anybody who doesn't want a blessed life. We, we all want that life, but, but generally the problem we, turn, we, we tend to have in our life is that, that we actually want God to bless our way instead of experiencing God's blessing in his way. And, and so we don't experience it because we keep asking him to bless the thing we want to do, the way we want to go, the way we want it to work instead of settling into the way that he says for the sake of experiencing the blessed life he wants to give us. Now, again, there's a lot in here, but, but essentially what, what David writes here is that the blessed life is the result of being positioned rightly. Right? He, he, he talks about, he uses this metaphor as a tree to speak about us. And he says that, listen, if you're going to be the kind of person who's like this tree, this tree who's stable, this tree that's sturdy, this tree that's strong and enduring, this tree that's never fading, that, that's never withering, but instead the one who continues to produce good fruit regardless of the conditions, speaking about not only what is within you, but, but what is coming from you, right? That it's continually good, that you're continually prosperous in, in the things that you're doing, that if you're going to be this kind of person, that if you're going to experience this blessed kind of life, it's going to be contingent upon where you are planted, upon where you're positioned, right? It's not about all the things you're busy doing. It's actually about the place you're rooted. It's about where you're drawing life from. Notice that he says that this tree is planted by this water, this stream, right? The, the, the tree is planted in the right place for everything that it needs. This tree is planted in exactly the place it needs to be in order to be the most fruitful possible. This tree is planted in exactly the right place to be strong. This tree is planted in exactly the right place to endure, to not fade, to not wither. And it's because of where it's planted, because of where it is rooted, that all the rest happens for this tree. Where there's fruit, it doesn't fade, it doesn't wither, it's prosperous, right? And he says that blessed is the one then who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked and stand in the way of sinners and, and sit in the company of mockers. And, and essentially, what is he saying? He's like, listen, if, if the place you're drawing life from is the world's way and the world's wisdom and the world's company, then, then you're not gonna experience that blessed life. Like, like if, if the place you're drawing life from is in one of these other places, then, then it isn't like nothing good will happen. It isn't that there may not be some fruit. It's just you're not going to experience this life, this blessed life of God. He says this blessing flows out of, out of verse 2, this place, this place where the, of the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates upon it day and night. Well, he, he's talking about here, he's talking about our, our heart in our mind, he's talking about our affections and our attention, right? Our delight, our, our affections. He's saying, like, listen, if your heart, if your affections, and if your, if your mind, if your meditation, what you're thinking about isn't set rightly, if it isn't set and positioned in the right place, then you're never going to experience this kind of life that I have for you. And he says, and, and where is that? He's like, man, if, if that's not rooted in me, if your heart and mind aren't rooted, planted in me, if your affections and your attention aren't on me, on who I am, on my word to you, right? on the words that I'm speaking to you, if the things that I, of the, in the things that I have said, 
then you're not going to experience the fullness of this life, this blessed life that I want for you. God is desiring, and, and again, like, I'm not telling you anything new. I just want to reset us, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't, this isn't new stuff. Sometimes I think we show up and it's just like, man, what's the next again? And sometimes God's like, slow down a minute. Let's get set back right again. Let, let's get repositioned again. Let's get reset again. This isn't new, okay? This is old. This is actually from the beginning. It's the very first thing that God desired from the beginning was that he would walk with us. It's, it's God in a garden with his creation, right? Walking hand in hand, sharing with, being in relationship, having intimacy with his creation, with you and me. Everything flows out of our relationship with him. It's always an inside out work when it comes to God. And just like a tree, when it comes to a tree, a tree has to, like all the stuff has to grow underground first. You know what I mean? Like, like the roots have to be established before you ever see anything that's of value, before you, any, before you see anything good or before there's any fruit to be bore. All of that has to grow first in this underground place. That, and what's grown, right, like these roots beneath the ground have to be bigger than the thing that it's supporting above the ground. And, and, and that's true of our life in God, right? Our life in God, the fo- our foundation, where we're planted, where we're rooted, what we're resting upon, our roots, uh, that, that, that deep place, that has to be bigger than, than us, than what's being produced out here from us. At the end of the day, the funny thing is, is Jesus said that, that only a good tree is going to produce good fruit anyways. But, but in order for that tree to be good, it has to be planted and positioned in the right place. And so God's just like, man, I just want to reset you. I, I just want to reset you to that place. I just want you to reposition you so you're actually in position for all of the things your heart actually truly desires. It, the late 19th century pastor and author E.M. Bounds once said, he said, the man, God's man or woman, you know, he says, the man, God's man is the, made in the closet, that their life is their profoundest and profoundest convictions are born in secret communion with God. Let me read that again. The man, God's man or woman, the woman, God's woman, is made in the closet. Their life and profoundest convictions are born in their secret communion with God. That, that, that's our first place, our first position, the, our, our first, uh, where our roots are meant to be, where, where we're meant to be planted, right? Our first priority, that's it. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. He's like, look, seek first the kingdom. But they're, they're worried about all this stuff. What are we going to wear and what are we going to eat and where are we going to live and what are we going to have and what are we going to do? And I know we go like, that's not me. I don't worry about that stuff. But I think if we're honest and we, where we spend our thought life and where we spend our active life, it is in pursuit of all of those things. And many times those things are the first things. God, what am I going to have? Where am I going to live? What kind of house, what car am I going to drive? Where am I going to work? How much money am I going to have? How am I going to save for this? Be prepared for this? What works am I I going to do? Ministry do I get to start? Whatever it is. And God's like, none of that stuff is first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus says, and everything else gets added to you from there. It's the, we, God's like, let me reset you a little bit. And maybe that's you this morning. If you'd be so honest, I know I can be that honest and say, look, there are times in my life and many times where, where secondary things become primary things, where my priorities get out of whack. And I'm never going to walk in the fullness of what God has, in the fullness of this blessed life that he wants me to have and receive in him. If I'm making second things first things, there's only one first thing. And I love it because I didn't actually talk to Noel um, about, about the set before uh, this morning. And I love that he picked one thing, that song, before we went in. This one thing I ask and this one thing I seek to dwell within your house all the days of my life. Right? Like you are the one thing. I love that. We sang it. You know what I'm saying? Why do we sing songs we don't actually believe? You are the one thing that I need. The one thing. The one thing. Are you with me? The one thing. 
the one thing. God's like, I'm going to reset you back. I'm, I'm trying to get you reset back to the one thing. To the first thing. To the first priority. To the first place. To the first position. So I just want to ask you this morning, where are you rooted? No, you can come up. We're going to close. Where are you rooted? Where are you planted? Where have you been positioned? Where are you drawing life from? What is the first thing for you? If you're really honest this morning, what has been your first thing? What has been first and most and greatest and best and highest? What have you pursued the most? What has had your greatest affection and your best attention? God says, I want to reset you. I want to get you, church, reset and repositioned. I want to get us started right with the first place, with the one thing, with me. Would you guys stand with me? I'm just going to pray for us and we're going to just close with this song. I, I, I don't know if you're willing, but I'm going to invite you anyways. If you're, if you're here this morning and you've heard all that, and I'm going to, man, take, take all this to the Lord. But, but if you're here and you're like, man, as I start this 2019, if there's one thing that I can say that, that is true for me and that I desire, that I really want, it's that, that God, you're the one thing. That you're the first thing. That you're the first priority. And God, I want my life to be built in you and upon you. And I want everything else from my life to come from that place. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Just lift up your hand. We're just going to pray for us and then we're going to close with this song. God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for this time. God, thank you for being so good and so faithful and so true. And God, we just declare here this morning in this place that you are the one thing. God, you're the one thing. You're the one thing that we need. God, you're the one thing that our heart truly desires. And God, in you, everything else, God, finds its place. Lord, you are the one thing. You are the first thing. And we lift our hands this morning, God, in in proclamation, God, to declare that you are the one thing. Again, you can tell them this morning or commit. just, Just say, God, I commit this year. God, I commit this year to building my life on you. God, I commit this year to having you be the first, for you to, for you to be my first priority, for you to be my, my greatest joy, for you to be my, the, my, where my greatest attention and my greatest affection lies. God, I'm committed, Lord, to you being first. God, thanks for your love. Thanks for your goodness. Thanks for this new year and all that is to come. Lord, I pray for every single person here and for us as a church, God, that our lives would be built upon you, that our lives would be rooted and planted in you, and God, that being with you would come first before ever doing for you. God, would you stir our hearts? God, would you lead us by your spirit? God, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen.